Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. By 2030 in the United States, we won't have coal mines. We will not have coal mines. By 2035, President Biden has set a target that we will be carbon-free. Look, our view is that the rise in gas prices over the long term makes an even stronger case for doubling down our investment and our focus on clean energy options. This Build Back Better bill will build more affordable houses around the country, make it cheaper and easier for people to live near jobs that they want to take. Big right, drivers of, that, of cost. I understand that. Uh, none of that families. is going to impact inflation right now. Tension and frustration behind the scenes between Vice President Kamala Harris and the White House. The accounts come from nearly three dozen current and former Harris AIDS administration officials, Democratic operatives. There was a report, excuse my language, not, not mine, it was in the report, yeah. uh, that you talked to him uh, that morning and you said you could be a patriot or you can be a... Did you, did you really say that, or is that, or is that a incorrect? Uh, uh, I wouldn't dispute it. Really, I wouldn't dispute it. Uh, I'm sorry, but that is funny. He also didn't say he said it necessarily. Oh, I'm sure he said he's it. Just leaving no it way out he didn't there. Say it. Absolutely. <laughs> he's proud of it. He likes that he said it. Or he likes that people are saying that he said it. Right? Yeah. There's no doubt. The the shocking Trump audio. I mean, what do you want to say? I mean, he believes he won the election. He believes it was stolen from him. He believes that... Mike uh, Pence had the power to do something about it. To do something patriotic and right. He's listening to voices tell him to do that. He's all in. He's all in. And so he believes it. I just just hope that, um, that he is not the um, nominee for president. That is what I hope. I hope somehow something else uh, amuses him so much that he doesn't want to do it. Because um, we're done. We're done here. We're done. Uh, January 6th was a bad day to end all bad days. Um, his lack of response was crap. It was truly dropping the ball, and that was finito. Mm-hmm. This Holding on to it is the Democrats' dream, the fact that he won't shut up about it. It's, it, it, it's, well, yeah, I actually think it hurts them a lot more that he's not on Twitter than it hurts any Republicans. Like the fact that his statements oh, yeah. are sort of limited in oh, how far they're able to spread course, and stuff. Else. And that's why he's getting more and more outrageous with the stuff he says. Like there's a rude statement about Colin Powell or whatever, you know, like. What was his latest rude statement? He said something mean about Megan McCain, but he had another one a couple of days ago. Yeah, that, but they're li- they don't travel as far, no, and they aren't as shocking because people aren't able to like see them as much. So it just and that it doesn't give the Democrats anything to do. Nobody's like listening to it, so it's sort of it's really good. Like if well, it, the thing is, if they could, they would run against Trump's Twitter in twenty twenty two. And they would right. hope to as well. 
but he's but you're right. Twitter has really done the Republicans a huge favor and forced the media, unfortunately, to start focusing on this administration, which is stepping on rakes every ten seconds, and which sucks, mm-hmm. which is terrible. It is so interesting just to see, you know, all of the Republicans had already moved to were already either anti Biden or uh, had gone to the middle and had moved subsequently moved right. So everything we're seeing with these awful poll numbers are Democratic base, true believer Democrats saying this guy sucks. Right. So, and he's down to thirty nine percent or something. It's and he's getting his in his rating. People, I, I've never before seen polling. I mean, I, I guess I, I kind of exclude Trump for this because he was so uh, such a hurricane. But the to have both. Democrats and Republicans say this guy is terrible with the economy and can't handle a job. That ain't good. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. And you mentioned poll numbers, but ABC, everyone's talking about this like ABC Washington Post poll that's out that was, of, um, you know, certain. Sorry. What's happening? Something's making noise on my computer. I hate things that autoplay on the computer. Um, sorry. Mute your tab. Sorry. Mute tab, I guess. Um, but the I was just it's the ABC poll tab that I opened. Um, but there are a, he has a huge problem, not just Biden, but the Democratic Party as a whole, because he's seen as the leader of the party. And they have a huge problem in a bunch of states with the um, with the congressional races as well. So the, it's unheard of Demo- Republicans never lead on the generic congressional ballot. It's like weird for them too, because a lot of people like with the generic congressional ballot is just when they ask you like, would you vote for the Democrat or the Republican in the race if it were held today? Like without naming any names of mm-hmm. who it is, like not knowing who it's going to be. Are you going to vote Democrat or vote Republican in the the congressional races. So, and Republicans never lead on that because a lot of people think they're going to vote for the Democrat until it gets down to the race, you know? Um, but right now, Republicans have a huge lead on the generic congressional ballot. It's 51% of voters say they'd support the Republican candidate and 41% say Democrat. It's the biggest lead for Republicans in 110 ABC Post polls that have asked this question since November 1981. Wow. Indeed, it's only the second time the GOP has held an advantage. The other was seven points in January 2002, and this is 10 points. And it's the ninth time it's had any numerical edge at all. Wow. In early 81 is Reagan coattails, uh, Reagan having been shot, you know. Right. And Wow. So that's in the whole time they've been polling that question. This is like the best Republicans have Mm. ever polled. And that's not Biden. You know, that he's not in the question. They didn't ask, you know, if they approve of the policy or whatever. But people are really, really unhappy with the direction the Democratic Party as a whole under Biden's leadership has taken. And that's going to I mean, everyone it's early. I wouldn't yes, if I were a Republican I wouldn't freak out and get excited and start talking about how many seats we're going to win next year yet. Well, no, because the Republicans <laughs> are very capable of having this whole thing up there's no <laughs> doubt and then Trump could come out back to the scene and somehow, you know, smash through the table, etc. But Alice, think what's coming down the road for Democrats. Mm-hmm. First of all, is this the 3 trillion or 1 trillion whatever it is now the build back better bill, which is a huge cash purge into the economy. Uh, which is inflationary, absolutely, and people know that. You don't have to be really smart to know that. It's just giving away free money giveaway to wackos, et cetera, spending money, mm-hmm. which people, though people do like separate parts of things, you know, you know, the idea of uh, extended um, free daycare, et cetera, is, is, a, is understandably attractive to people because daycare is effing crazy. But, mm-hmm. but so they've got that coming up. Then they're going to have a debt ceiling vote to come to come up. Um, and then the other two Biden agenda items coming down the line are voting rights, which is what he owes Alcee Hastings, mm-hmm. which is one that he can't get away from. The Democrats have to try to do voting rights. I think nationally they lose that argument every time. Because Oh, yeah, because all the provisions of the thing are incredibly unpopular. Like, 
something ridiculous like 80 mm-hmm. percent of democrat and minority voters like agree there should be voter id laws like right. i mean it's the the provisions of these quote <clears throat> like civil rights legislation like no one agrees with. as a matter of fact Alex, you'll be proud of me today at market basket i signed two petitions uh, one was for a voter id in massachusetts mm-hmm. and the other was for what the hell was the other one for there's a whole bunch of them out there. It was I don't voter know ID, what they are. and then there's like an election integrity one, and there's some. That's probably the voter, voter ID, ID, and then there's something else. Oh, a Somebody, car tax, uh, auto tax. Gas okay, tax. there was um, one of our listeners is actually posting recently. He was doing standouts to get signatures for stuff. Oh, well, this guy. Uh, this, he was posting on Facebook about it. So I know this guy was a at a Haverhill Market Basket, the nice market basket in Haverhill. Yeah. So so guess what else is mm-hmm. on the Biden agenda for for next year? The election year, Alice. Um, tax increases? No. 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 <laughs> I don't know. What? E- even worse. Um, think... Um, COVID mandates? No. Think Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, gun control? Police reform. Oh, okay. Police reform is on the... Be- Good. Be- that docket. worked out well for them in 2020, right. I think, too. But this yeah. is the deal Biden, Biden made with Democrats, that they would do police re- reform. It is... I mean, you couldn't ask for a better set of circumstances to come down here. As long as Republicans can step back and shut up and Trump can manage to stay away from the fray. I mean, it is remarkable, remarkable what is coming down. That is this what's happened since the fallout culturally from George Floyd and all that stuff. Hang on one second. What can we help you with? Do you need to plug in your device? Did you run it out of battery? No. You can. There's another charger in that room. First of all, in the corner. You can speak into the mic, Alice. People can kind of hear you. Okay. Well, uh, Anson ha- is having trouble charging his iPad. There's another charger in that room over in the corner, um, by the round drum table, and you round can also table. ask for a turn corner. with the charger and said I said so. Ask James and Sally to help James, you. They're in charge. Thanks, buddy. So that that stuff, the police reform stuff, and it, it, you know, it, it's funny. It's essentially my radio show in Connecticut is a, about forty nine percent police reform, and the rolling back, a rethinking police, and the ramifications all over the state. And this is not just happening in Connecticut. This is happening all over the place, where certain types of crime now are through the roof. Through the roof. Here I am. I am. Thanks. Um. Alice, when you get rich from your new job, we're going to need to talk Buy about some equipment. equipment. Yes. Okay. Maybe um, we'll get a roadcaster. Ooh, imagine that. Although, uh, yeah, it takes the entire operation down to almost nil. Uh, so just, it, it, it is it is remarkable what's going on. And like, but once again, Trump needs to, somebody give Trump something to do, please. Uh, you know, do whatever you need. Send him somewhere. Isn't as he a, like starting a social media or something? Yes, and he just sold the Trump, uh, the D.C. hotel. I mean, that's fine. Why doesn't he, like, focus on starting his social media empire and, like, maybe a TV channel? Right, because he has like, the opportunity to try to play kingmaker next year and destroy prospects for Senate in the House. Right. I mean, it is so dangerous. He could, and, and he will, if he feels like he's not being respected, he is He is happy to wear a suicide vest at any time. <laughs> I mean, he, he, as a matter of fact, he enjoys it, I think. So uh, so we'll see. We'll see. But, and also, the, the, the great thing that Republicans have right now is is that the Team Biden mm-hmm. still, now finally, in the last couple of weeks, they've started to, they've started to acknowledge that there's an inflation problem and acknowledge that there's a crisis, in, a labor crisis in this country. But not really. And they, st- they shopped Brian Deese around there today. So I did my Sunday shows today. And Brian Deese is the director of the White House's National Economic Council. He's the brains, you know, behind getting us out of this thing. And he was on a couple of shows. And basically, people, it's almost like Chuck Todd and Jake Tapper were basically pummeling him, saying, wake the hell up. You know, everything you're mentioning doesn't help now. And he kept trying to, to of course, just pitch Build Back Better. This Build Back Better bill will build more affordable houses around the country, make it cheaper and easier for people to live near jobs that they want to take. It will reduce the cost of right. health care, reduce prescription drug prices, cap out-of-pocket costs for seniors. None, These are big Brian, drivers of, that, of cost. I understand that. Uh, none of that families. is going to impact inflation right now. So I guess the question is, 
Is there much? Do you believe that just at the end of the day, everything you've done is everything that can be done with inflation? Or are there more tools in the toolbox that you might use if you think it's getting worse? We can address this issue in the short term and the medium term. In the short term, we're focused on uh, executing a strategy to finish the task on COVID. Those are immediate steps that we know actually will help return our economy to a sense of normalcy affecting supply chains, working with ports. You know, the president stepped in with the port of L.A. and Long Beach a couple of weeks ago to get them to go to 24-7 in just the last couple of weeks. Notice how he said that. He stepped in to get them to go to Mm 24-7. So what's the stronger way to say that? He yelled at businesses and told them what to do? He stepped in and got them to go to 24-7. But he didn't. He stepped in to get them to go to 24-7. And he put it that way. Why? Because they didn't go to 24-7. Correct. (laughs) Correct. Weeks, the share of containers sitting on docks idly has come down by 20%. Those are the kind of... That's another thing. It's like, I don't get this. Don't tell people that they don't know what they're seeing and feeling. Mm -hmm. The, The number of container ships is down 20%. What you and I see are an F load of container ships out in the harbor. So don't come down on one knee and condescend to me and say, you know, that's down 20%. Well, F you. It needs to be down more percents because there's lots of ships just sitting out there and we've never had this before. It's a phenomenon out there. Well, right. And people don't care like what number percent you tell them inflation is or, you know, what percent ships in the harbor or whatever people care if they go to the grocery store and the shelf is empty or people care if their if their like grocery bill is all of a sudden higher or they're spending you know 50 percent more on gas than they were last year like that people like people care about this stuff like you and i know that notice stuff like that because we watch Mm -hmm. and absorb a ton of news but a lot of people like don't listen to any news. They just notice when they go fill up their car and they're like, whoa, that was really expensive, you know? Well, but I disagree that people don't care. I think people get ticked off. And they say, stop telling me that my pain has decreased 20% when my pain has not decreased 20%. You know, so t- stop giving me good news. In other words, bleed with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Bleed with me a little bit. No, 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 things are 20% better for you. No, they're not. They're not. So don't tell me that. It's so condescending, and it's so—it's such a detachment, and it's—it's it's political suicide. It's like what George H.W. Uh, Bush was saying when he was running against Clinton in '92. You know, mm-hmm. the—you the, know—it takes uh, two consecutive quarters, I think, of negative growth to make a recession. And mm-hmm. on the third con- quarter, uh, there was positive growth. So Bush kept going around pitching to people that the recession was technically over. Meanwhile, yeah. people are hurting. So right. don't tell them the recession's over, because for me, yeah. it's not over. No, it's like McCain in 08, remember, saying the fundamentals of our economy right. are strong. Like, right. Don't tell people it's going great when they can see that it's obviously not. Right. No, that is a mostly peaceful protest, you know, with the fire yeah. behind it. Steps we can take in the uh, in the short term. But I don't want to under I don't w- think we should downplay the medium term here. If we can act immediately to invest right. in child care, cut the cost of child care in half for the typical family. That's going to be a game changer for families and help get more people into the workplace as well. We've got to work in the short term and the medium term here as well. But yeah, I mean, the Democrats have been doubling down on this strategy now for a while where they, I mean, there is a variety of forms that it takes, but one is um, your poor must suck to be you tough luck um and that one there was it's some like hollywood writer guy bob schooley have you even heard of no. him? i've never heard of him but anyway he tweeted some house with trump flags on it um that he saw in la and uh there was like an older car in the driveway so mm-hmm. a bunch of people immediately glommed on and decided that it was like trashy and poor <laughs> rachel bike cover who's this sort of analyst person even though no one likes her even on her own side goes republican voter who can't even afford a car from this century oh fantastic and then, like they're all replying to it this one woman who d- ended up deleting her tweet um tweeted uh can't see the whole house but i'm betting on at least three distinct roofing materials 
That was Kyrie O'Connor. Do you know who that is? I no. Don't, I don't know who any of these people are, but they all have blue check marks, so they must be important. Oh, that's great. And they're like all in the replies saying like, essentially, I guess racial identity politics outweighs economics. Like, What does that even mean? It means that they're poor and they're dumb, and so that's why they're not voting for their interests. They're just voting against... Um, you know, people of color because they're racist, so they can't vote for their own interests because, yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know if the make fun of... And this... I think this is actually, like, the way that the photo's cropped, it's kind of hard to tell, but I think it's actually kind of a nice house. So, but yeah, like in the comments, I wonder how much state assistance they get every month, but it's more than me. Oh, beautiful. Maybe he can afford another car under Biden. Like, I mean, it's just incredible. Let me guess, older white couple who don't get out much and don't talk to any neighbors. Looks like a prime example of people that vote against their own interests. Like, I mean, like, how is that strategy going to help you electorally? Like, I don't know how the Democrats send out their bat signal of what the messaging is going to be, but they should send out something that drowns out that if they want to get elected. Oh, yeah. Because the making fun of poor people approach is not going to help you win back any of the voters you've lost and it's going to continue to drive away working class Hispanic mm-hmm. and black voters as well because you know they're also not elite wonderful yes. beautiful yes. people no. and like they hear you making fun of those people for like the same house and car that you have like it doesn't matter that they tell you you're actually okay because of the color right. of your skin like I mean like you can hear it in the way that they talk about people that they hate you yes it's a it's a it's a mantra of shut up you're stupid shut up you're stupid and like they say shut up you're stupid shut up you're stupid shut up you're stupid so that then all these people you know vote them out in Virginia and their answer Shut up, you're stupid and racist. Well, okay. <laughs> like, right. I guess double I mean, down on this. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many, if you see Biden, Biden's polling numbers, I mean, I don't know what niche do you want to leave un, <laughs> unscathed by your freaking bigotry and, and you know, hatred, but it's you're biting, taking chunks out every time you do that. It's remarkable. And, and you know, the fact that sometimes, sometimes the fact that the left still owns the culture, mm-hmm. the the big Klieg lights marquee pre- culture, anyway, right. works against them. So here's just a little bit of Saturday Night Live with um, with Pete Davidson acting as as Joe Rogan, talking to Big Bird, um, and uh, and there's like how that goes. Well, that's right. I used to host Fear Factor, and now doctors fear me. Can you help me, Joe? Oh, sure thing, Big Bird. You see, I took Carlos Mencia down. I could take COVID. Is that meant to be a Joe Rogan impression? Yes. It doesn't... (laughs) No, Joe Rogan doesn't talk like that. And also the people... Has any of them ever listened to Joe Rogan for five minutes? No, and also... so, So right now, the Rogan character in this by Pete Davidson is handing Big Bird a bunch of pills... But also, the Joe Rogan, Carlos Mencia dust-up is very inside baseball. And it's it, something that happened years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, and nobody got it in the audience. Right. I but, didn't get it either. But they're, they're not writing comedy. They're writing protests. So they're just, you know, the, the idea is not to really get laughs. The idea is to call more people stupid. And ayahuasca as some horse medicine. Well, why would a bird take horse medicine? I'm a human, and I took horse medicine. And I'm speaking of things that uh, are horse-like. Today's two sponsors are the letters S and D, as in I can S my own D. Great. That was real funny, excellent writing, huh? Speaking of horse, that's... It's so... And also, Rogan... Turn the tide on these elitists when he defenestrated Sanjay Gupta. Right. And CNN. So now for them to do it again and try to like throw down. Did nobody read anything? Did nobody see what happened? Yeah, he already won this round, guys. You're fighting a fight that was lost a while ago. And the fact that like, I mean, who can forget I can afford people medicine Right. MF like that I mean that's the line that ends the conversation. Like he took people medicine that was prescribed by a doctor 
Gupta admitted that CNN just lied about that on air and that, you know, it it's done. It's not a funny joke because it's not accurate. Like, it's not making fun of something that happened. It's just... Horse dewormer's not a flattering thing. I get it's that. It's a lie. It's a lie on a news network. It, it, and it's a lie that's a willing... That's that's a lie that they're conscious of. It's not a mistake. Yeah. They're unfavorably framing it as veterinary medicine. Well, the FDA put this thing out. You saw that. Did you see that thing that the FDA put out? What did the FDA put out? <laughs> it was a tweet, and it was snarky. I admit it. They said, you are not a horse, you are not a cow, stop taking this stuff, or something like Why that. Why would you say that when you're talking about a drug that's been given out to billions and billions of people, a drug that was responsible for one of the inventors of it making the Nobel the, Prize. The Nobel Prize in 2015. 15, yeah. Yeah, no, a, a drug well, that has been shown to stop viral replication in vitro. You know that, right? I, I, Why would they lie? And say that's horse dewormer. I can afford people medicine, mother. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's just a lie. I don't think anyone is thick. But don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? You know that they know that I took medicine. Like, here it is. This is ivermectin. You got this it with right you. here. Somebody gave it to me. All right, hang on. I, I, do you, the, the thing is, we're, we're, we're like going so fast. Like, I feel like I'm missing. I'm missing. Do you think I want that that's to, a problem that your news network not, lies? Well, I don't, I don't, <laughs> dude, I mean, what did they say? They dude, lied what did they and said say? I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me by a doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Along they with shouldn't have said a it was a bunch horse. of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human. Pill because there were people that were taking it, the veterinary medication, and I, you're not obviously. You got it from a doctor, so that it shouldn't be called that. Ivermectin can be a very effective medication for parasitic disease, and as you say, it's probably you know I think what a quarter billion people have taken it around the world. More, I get that way more. So way but, more can, billions can, of people have taken it. Can I just come back to the one I want to talk about? I, two, no, no, two, no, no, two no, things no. on you my have, ledger. You have, before we get to that, does it bother you that the news network you work for? Out and out lied. Well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer. They, they, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. You didn't ask? You I didn't think that was your, did, you're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before coming But they coming did it with such glee. No, yes, Joe. They did. I so there you go. I kept, you know, I didn't intend on playing two minutes of it. But still, it just goes to show you. I mean, they all are pretending that didn't happen. That's they're, they're mm -hmm. so culturally cool and civilized that they're pretending that Rogan didn't change the no, game when it comes to this. We just like making jokes about Joe Rogan taking horse dewormer, even though nothing way, remotely like that happened. So we're going to keep making fun of him for taking horse dewormer. By the way, Alice, are we going to get hit on YouTube for playing that? Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> What's the date today? Oh, it's 11.14. I think one of our strikes expired. So I think we won't be permanently banned if we get another strike. It's still found on YouTube. <laughs> if it happens again, we'll lose two weeks. Okay. If it is on YouTube, then we should okay, be okay. Okay, doesn't matter. Okay, so, um, <laughs> so, um, so, so there you go. And it's so, it's just ridiculous in this attitude that they have. And it, and so it's this condescending behavior. They're trying to pitch the Build Back Better thing. Meanwhile, people are done with this stuff, and then. They send out Vivek Murthy out there today as well, the, the Surgeon General. Mm -hmm. And he wants to get people vaccinated and boosters and kids vaccinated. And he actually, he was on, um, who was he on? He was on Fox News Sunday. And he actually almost got out of there perfectly untouched. He actually mostly didn't lie for a lot of it. And then, and then at the very end, you know, conflated things. Uh, you know, we know the kids do get sick. We know all you know all this stuff is normal, but but still, for him, it was a pretty earnest interview. He pretty right. much, but but Chris Wallace asked basic questions, and I was like, wow, I haven't heard this guy not be a condescending, um, creeping uh, authoritarian in quite a while. This is good until he couldn't control himself. <laughs> he can't keep it yeah, in. This is how this this interview ended. This is the Surgeon General of the United States. You know, he's a a flack doctor who's there for messaging. He's a friendly face, you know, uh, for messaging uh, on health uh, mm -hmm. items, health, fitness, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Listen to what he says. Listen to how many holy crap 
red flag words that you, that you can uh, that, that grab you? Look, I think the principle of freedom when it comes to health, uh, but in general, is a very important one. Freedom is an important value that brought my family to this country uh, as immigrants years ago and it's brought so many immigrant families to this nation. Uh, it's extraordinarily important. But keep in mind, we are a community of 300 million people. We are not uh, sole individuals entirely on our own. And in any community... Sometimes our decisions do affect other people. It's why, Chris, we have speed limits on highways. First of all, why is a doctor talking about the social compact in America? You know, the, the, our relationship with government, our relationship with... Why, is, why are we hearing... This is a theory that he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, just stick to putting warning labels on cigarette packs right. and leave me alone. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear his worldview. What the freak is that? Is this his TED Talk? <laughs> It's craziness. Because we know our decision about how fast we drive affects the safety of others. When it comes to getting vaccinated, we know that people who are unvaccinated are at higher risk of getting sick and spreading it to others, which is why in many settings, Chris, we have made the decision as a community to require... Community. What other mm -hmm. thing starts with commune? <laughs> Com Seriously. Yeah. I mean, it, it, stop saying that we're a community. Stop talking like this. It's as if... He's deep into the community, uh, you know, of of this of of countries, and mm -hmm. it's it's odd. Our vaccines in schools, for example, all across our right. country and in certain workplace settings. That's why these are so important here too, Chris. So while freedom is absolutely important, we also have a collective responsibility to one another when our decisions impact the health and well-being of others. Collective responsibility. Yeah, maybe he should stay away from C words like collective I would say so. and commune. <laughs> it's remarkable, remarkable. These people, they just can't help themselves, though. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, there is also there is also a strain on the left uh, amongst, and I think it's like related to this of like saying we have a responsibility to each other and we all need to work together and like it's not obviously just covid where this comes from you also see it with like the climate stuff and like now you're seeing it with the supply chain stuff a little bit too so like bloomberg irony came out with this piece uh two days ago that said americans need to learn to live more like europeans supply chain shortages are constraining u.s consumers endless appetite for buying whatever they want whenever they want it's about time and goes on to tell us that um we should be more like European countries where we have a little bit slower growth and we lower our consumption of stuff and that, you know, our houses are too big and we own too many things. Imagine the irony of Bloomberg's publication writing that. Right. That, you know, you're just living a little bit too well and maybe you should get used to things being a little... You really... It's about time you learn to well, yeah, slow down I mean, all your spending and maybe the supply chain shortage is, will be good for you. <laughs> it's what the old man likes, though. He's a he's a nanny stater guy. You know, don't you think you have enough boxes coming here? <laughs> should you have that much soda? And that's his thing. But, you know, the media continues to also... Um, it can't get out of its own way when it comes to supply chain sh stuff and economics. Shockingly, the trucker shortage, Alice, we've mm -hmm. discovered a trucker shortage. Tiffany D. Cross of MSNBC uh, is, is pointed to the problem. I have to tell you, I talked to a lot of truck drivers in uh, preparing for this segment, and um, most of these truck drivers are people of color, and they talked about, um, you know, hearing some of the racism um, over the CB. Um, you know, this is, again, an industry populated um, by a lot of white men over the age of 55. Um, this group of people overwhelmingly voted for Trump. Um, some people have talked about, you know, aggressive truck drivers uh, cutting them off or not being helpful there that, that a way to stay on target right the racism yeah. in trucking that's what's causing it great that faction mm -hmm. of the democratic party enjoy that that's wonderful Man. yeah great some i've read another explanation for the supply shortage uh the labor supply shortages from um business insider which is about oh, that's a dave portnoy Take her down her magazine. Oh right, yeah, I forgot the connection, but um, yeah. So they also did a nice long piece, a look at uh, why Gen Zers are choosing to join a movement called the anti-work movement. <laughs> 
a worker strike that wants to turn the labor shortage into the new American dream. Larry had a vision after he graduated college. He and his then-wife were going to be a power couple. They were going to actualize the American dream. They'd buy a house in the suburbs and go on vacation every two years. The vision of the perfect life eventually shattered. His then-wife saw through the illusion of work, he said, and quit to take care of their children and her elderly father. It took him longer to get there. It's something that someone else planted in our minds, Larry said. Now, Larry, 52, doesn't work. By the time the pandemic hit, he was ready for a change. He left his job as a maintenance technician in South Carolina to be with his ex-wife and children in Colorado. When he got laid off from a seasonal job there, he moved back to South Carolina to be with his mother. Now he lives simply in a 20-foot trailer in her backyard. I really don't have any expenses. I don't need any money. I can survive without money, he said. There you go, Larry. (laughs) So he's 52, but they're saying that most of the trend is Gen Zers that have decided that you know, maybe they like don't we're really. We're just not have interested to, in this life. This work like this. thing. It's just not all it's cracked we're up to We're going back to, to bed. <laughs> A rising disillusion with the state of work has spawned millions of Larrys over the last year. People have been quitting their jobs at record rates for six months in a row, and many aren't going back. That's because for some, work doesn't seem to be worth it anymore. <laughs> wow. You know what? I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of that. All those years, uh, you know, working mm-hmm. and selling trolley tickets and vacuuming huge vol- ballrooms. And- yeah. The stories of those in the anti-work movement provide some answers to why there's an ongoing labor shortage. Whether bosses realize it or not, workers are effectively striking for better conditions, and it might work. A lot of people mistake anti-work for being lazy and like nothing has to ever get done, said one moderator of the anti-work subreddit. But the truth of the matter is that anti-work and everything surrounding it is that obviously things have to get done, but the current structure in which things get done and the way that capital flows as they get done is unfair and should be non-existent. Totally agree. They should get paid for their anti-work. Yeah, Cade, a Gen Z worker in Kansas, is one of the people who turned to Reddit's anti-work forum and posted after he quit his job as a service worker. He had been considering quitting for a while, but was pushed over the edge after his boss posted a sign telling workers they couldn't use their phones during shifts. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you can't. That's untenable. Yeah, can't do that. Not. I love how they've rebranded <laughs> themselves. We're anti- I'm part of an anti-work uh, philosophy. No, what you are is an effing deadbeat. That's all you are. You're just an effing deadbeat. Yeah, no, and they just got used to being I'm at doing home. anti-work now. <laughs> I know. Like, Loser. They stayed home during the pandemic, and they were like, this is nice just staying home all the time. I like it. Like, It's nice. They can watch Netflix and, you know. I like Larry, though. I like him getting a trailer in the back of his mom's house because it would be lame to be in the house. I don't live with my mom. No, I don't technically. Yeah, but you're on her land in the trail. Yeah, so same thing I don't really... Her. I don't need money. Well, you're yeah. living on somebody's land who's I can paying still take taxes like, and stuff. Uh, okay. like- <laughs> I want to see all the match profiles and all the dating profiles of the anti-workers. I'm anti-work. Like- oh, my goodness. What a time. <laughs> what a time. Jesus, my God, we suck. Um, right, another, um, another part of this that I want to get to. Oh, that's right. Just going back to the situation that we're in. Of course, um, and this doesn't bode well for anti-workers because gas prices are are, are rising. But this is <laughs> Larry the, doesn't is, need money. This shows that the administration is once again detached from where people's minds are. Here's Jen Psaki. Look, our view is that the rise in gas prices over the long term makes an even stronger case for doubling down our investment and our focus on clean energy options, so that we are not relying on uh, the fluctuations and OPEC and their willingness to put more supply and meet the demands in the market. That's great. No, this is great news, the trajectory of gas prices. We're finally going to make the transition we're looking for, which John Kerry mm-hmm. last week at the Coachella con- whatever like C- climate con. <laughs> I keep thinking it looks like COPD, but yeah, that can't be it, the name of it. Couldn't help but know. be excited about the near future. By 2030 in the United States, we won't have coal. We will not have coal plants. By 2035, President Biden has set a target that we will be in our power sector carbon free. Is that, is that likely to make Joe Manchin vote for Build Back Better more or less, do you think? I would say less. These- He's already a little spooked because of the inflation, and most people agree that dumping more government spending into the economy doesn't make inflation go down, but... 
You know? Right. But <laughs> no, you know, guess who's been uh, confirmed? Your buddy. Here what I'm thinking about is primarily coal industry and oil and gas industry. A lot of the smaller players in that industry are uh, going to probably uh, go bankrupt in, in, in short order. At least we want them to go bankrupt if we want to tackle climate change, right? That is communist Saleh Omarova, who now works for the United States Treasury. Great. That's perfect. Excellent, excellent messaging from this administration. It's just endless. I definitely didn't think, like, who's making these choices? You know, like, Biden didn't sit down and was like, oh, we need another Treasury employee. Let's get that lady like you know he probably couldn't even name her but like who's making who's finding these people and putting them in the administration who's running the show here ron Klain. um but like who really want like i just i don't get why they're staffing the administration with like total activists like complete wackos um well, because like, well, I mean, the well, tree spiking lady too, and right, like all these people. Right. That's the same woman who's who's jogging around uh, on the lands, right? Stolen lands, uh, interior, right? No. Anyway, who, who the tree spiking lady? But, but, was but, like but a it's for the same level. reason. Yeah. Because one, they're they're either true believers in the democratic socialist movement, which this psychotic is, and or um, you know, obviously their gender, their identity is mm-hmm. you know. Identity politics, and they they fit the bill somehow. It, it it's remarkable to me, just how incompetent or uh, or it, just mentally impotent so many of these people are. I mean, if we take back Congress, like sane people, we take back Congress. Can we just like defund a whole bunch of these departments? I would be obviously all for it. Like a whole bunch of them. Just get rid of them and see what happens. Like, what would happen if her job didn't exist? This socialist lady. Like probably nothing, right? I don't know. Like nothing in the United States would fall apart if she didn't have a job. I don't think. So I want to get to something as well. Today my Substack was about um, kind of working off the Brian Williams thing, which shows mm-hmm. you how that I haven't had time to do a Substack. Alice, I'm sorry. Okay. Say it a few times. I, I'm really sorry about that, but That's we right. left you today. So today I did to a, go to church a, a Substack, and Tom which, wrote a Substack. Which of course, I had one grammatical error and a typo in it, but I, which I saw afterwards. Um, and I'm sorry. <laughs> see, thank you. <laughs> um, and um, and so uh, it was just about some of the 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 the. You know, the Niagara Falls of lies and distortions that the media has done. You know, starting with Brian Williams, but his were fairly innocent. You know, he was just, he was self-aggrandizing in most of his. He's the big hero. The military really loves me. They keep give, giving me pieces of the, the helicopter. That, my step-on wife told you the story. That story, right? Remember last week? Come on. You're, you're, <laughs> you're very pretty and nice. You're just a step-on wife. <laughs> it's worth it. Why are you saying anything? Am I in trouble? No. What just made noise? Was that you? What? Do you have a, a box of Tic Tacs there or something? I was trying not to laugh and my nose made a weird okay. noise. Sorry. Uh, okay. So anyway, listen. So I, I just happened to go back and look at some of the coverage of some of the things, including the Kavanaugh deal, where last second they decided that that Kavanaugh that to they decided to launder this story. Uh, I forgot Barbara Boxer is that who did it, mm-hmm. or Feinstein. One of them decided to launder the story oh, yeah, of this Feinstein. of this whack job, saying that she had been assaulted by Kavanaugh, you know, back in nineteen seventy nine or whatever it was when when right. they were all fifteen. And of course, it was ridiculous. Didn't make any sense. Nothing checked out in the story. She contends that her friend was there and witnessed everything. That friend claims that none of it happened and that there was no recollection of anything. They weren't even at the house they said they were at, that none of it happened. It had zero credibility. Christine Blasey Ford, who says it was uh, what epidemic in the, in the epic... Put, hippocampus. Hippocampus. It was um, indelible in the hippocampus. Right, right. That she would remember. But she was obviously... She's a... She's a nut, okay? She is. Maybe she's nice. It's fine. It's great. Okay. So... So... You know, they didn't even want to, Democrats, at first, you know, bring this stuff up, but they thought this is our final push, and the wackos all made them do it, and then all, all these wacko people yelled at people in elevators, and so they had to 
they had to uh, to listen to her and bring her in. So the news media, of course, takes this all as, oh, it's absolutely true, all the truth. Mm -hmm. So listen to the news media, how they reinforce, how their campaign goes to layer story and narrative on over narrative on top of each other until it just seeps in. They let you marinate in all these different layers until after a while you're like, oh, yeah, Kevin, oh, yeah he's the guy who, who raped somebody or, or, or you know, has a, was trafficking women for sex and this and that. So this is one of the the morning show with uh, George Stephanopoulos and the other the woman, uh, and listen to this. This is just I just plucked this little package news package I did. This is during the Kavanaugh things. We've all seen how the allegations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh are playing out in the media and on Capitol Hill, but how are they being perceived in America's high schools among children the same age Kavanaugh was at the time of the alleged assault. This controversy surrounding Judge Kavanaugh is really a hot-button issue amongst teens who are experiencing their own awakening. Was that hot-button issue amongst teens, the Kavanaugh hearings? <laughs> no, it was not. ...about inappropriate behavior. There seems to be a, a direct a divide between the perception of these allegations uh, between young girls and young boys. 17-year-old Brennan Leach, a senior... Pennsylvania says serious actions of teens should matter later in their adult lives. What happens right now at high school parties or with friends or in social settings should not be any less severe or taken any less seriously than what happens at the adult level. And some boys like 17-year-old Harrison Lawson, a member of the National Honor Society in Georgia, agree. I think once you're 17, or at least in high school, there's a certain level of self-control and understanding of what is right and wrong that everyone just kind of has. It shows girls my age that their voices don't matter, that if they are abused or treated badly in high school, it's, it's fine, they should just deal with it because boys will be boys. When I sit down with my guy friends who are confused, who are doubting the legitimacy of these allegations, and I sort of explain to them in a face-to-face -face way, you know, what this experience is like for young girls, you know, they do open up their mind. They listen, they're open to hearing, um, you know, what I have to say, what my friends have to say. So there you go. Well, well, well the kids, it's now a matter of the, these kids. Kavanaugh mm -hmm. has essentially assaulted them too. So the media now laundered this through youth culture, you see? Right. The accusations themselves were not supportable by any kind of no. facts. I mean, this is at the same time as they're bringing out Michael Avenatti to tell us about, like, completely insane wacko claims. Like, you know, at least with the Christine Blasey Ford, there's some indication that they ran in, like, somewhat the same mm -hmm. social circles a little bit around that time. So there's, like, a remote possibility that that happened. But then... But, like, the other ones, the Avenatti ones, were just, like, completely off-the-wall bonkers. Like, they were just having everybody in the world, every complete nutcase, call in and say they'd been assaulted by Kavanaugh. Like, so, because none of these things were supportable by facts, they instead went to teenagers and were like, what do you think about people assaulting people? Is it good? Right. Is it bad? Should people who assault people, like, should we judge their character later in life? Like, Are first... you in National Honor Society by any chance? <laughs> oh, good, good. That's good. Thank you, Harrison. And it's a totally way to build a a false reality. It's it's mm -hmm. it, what it is. It's really native advertising for the narrative, right? Because they're not adding anything to like no. reporting on the facts of what happened or finding out whether it's true or false or any of that. But it must they're be just... true, Alice, because they're reacting to it as if it's totally true. So it right. must be true. They're backing right. in and have they're you... backing the story in that way. And... Well, if it wasn't true, why would we be reacting to it? Of course it's true. Well, and Tom, have you ever thought about like maybe the next time you doubt Christine Blasey Ford, you should ask some women what it's like to mm -hmm. be sexually assaulted and listen to them and open up your mind a little bit because that really has bearing on whether or not Christine Blasey Ford is telling the truth is that someone some other time somewhere was assaulted by somebody totally different. That makes sense. I thought you weren't supposed to like use random emotional experiences and feelings and like, you know, free association of events in order to evaluate something that happened. <sighs> If they'll go, there's no 
there's no level to which they won't keep going. I mean, these stories were a, a dime a dozen for Trump, you know. The way mm. children were being um, affected by the way, you know, he, of course, when Trump mm-hmm. said that the reporter talked a certain way and, and made fun of him, you know, they found every disabled kid they could find from coast to coast and threw him in front of a camera. So, oh, what do you think about that? Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. We are continuing with a special Patreon segment today, as usual. So if you follow us over there, you can head on over to that. If you want to subscribe to our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash burn barrel. You can find bonus shows and all that stuff there. Um, you can also find us, as usual, for free on like twitter.com uh, slash burn barrel pod, facebook.com slash burn barrel podcast and burn barrel podcast.com. It was. Check one, two. All right. All right. All right. Ready to test of the Deborah Bells? Yep. <laughs> Check one, two. Check one, two. Check one, two, three. Check one, two, three. Check, Check one, two, two, three. Check one, two, three. Oh, I need to not be tired. How do you do that? I was thinking of trying to work out tonight, maybe after. Do you have, you have a gym? place <laughs> no like in our kitchen hmm. like to do a youtube video like we'd been doing and then um maybe jog on the treadmill for a bit or something i don't know it was just a thought don't um disrupt me as i'm watching my stories we also found all the remotes in this tv so you can also watch that now all right radio Oh, I should have stopped. <laughs> I made myself yawn when I yawned on the oh, video. Really? It was contagious to me. That's pathetic. <laughs> when Five, video Alice four, yawned, I three, yawned too. Two, one. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.